0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is day 117 here in the Zen Room, our 34th episode. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the idiomatic Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. How are you, Tommy? Idiomatic. Idiomatic. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Look that up on your Funkin' Wagnalls. So, funk your (laughs) Wagnalls. 34, 34, huh? Thirty four, and and going strong, going very strong, actually. In fact, this has now been our biggest month so far of downloads. Really? Yep. And we surpassed March, which was our previous big month. Okay. But now we, about two days ago, we uh, we even passed our March total. Really? And yeah. There's still
1: time left in April.
0: Yes, I know, right? How many downloads? Oh, over three, over oh, three hundred and twenty-two. The last I checked. In April? In April. Okay. The, the, the previous high was in March of 250. And it's 322. All right. Yeah, so we're going strong. Okay. And I don't know what's going on, but we are really big in Mobile, Alabama. Hey! In fact... Mobile. They're downloading like 10 episodes at a time
1: down there. Yeah, no, because Mobile are my people. Oh, are they? That's right. They're all Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hi. I'm telling you, Mobile, Alabama <laughs> Mobile and Spanish Hills. Spanish Fort. Spanish
0: Fort? Yes. Okay. That's the suburb outside of Mobile across the water there. Okay. I prefer Spanish Hills to Spanish Fort. Well, I don't think the residents of Spanish Fort would appreciate that.
1: Yeah, Alabama. No surprise. No surprise. Big Bob. Yeah, coming in. Bebops. So did you have a good weekend. Yeah, I had a good weekend. I worked. I worked yes. all weekend. I know. I saw Every you on Saturday. Weekend. You came on Saturday. To my work. Yes, yes I did. We'll be talking
0: more about that later. Okay. Actually. All right. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we had a quiet weekend. Otherwise, well, we planted our rose bush.
1: You planted a rose bush. Yes. And with the other what. Seventy two hours in the weekend (laughs) (laughs) Watched a lot of TV,
0: caught up on stuff. What'd you catch up? Well we'll talk about that during we like to watch. Uh, We have plenty of time for all that. Of course uh, it is, of course it is. All right, all right,
1: all right.
0: Mobile. Mobile Mobile Alabama. So, we'll go right into our very first segment, which, of course, is heavy petting. Meow. And um, have you ever had a hostile encounter while out walking your dog, Tommy?
1: Have I ever? H- no, I've had some interesting encounters, but yes, I have. Really? Yes, I have. What kind of hostile encounter was it? There was a house that had kept large, aggressive dogs in a front-fenced-in yard, and one of the dogs escaped and pickering was a puppy and ran at us and i scooped up pickering and turned my back and the lady came out and yelled the dog's name and i was like yo lady what the fuck and the dog went away the dog didn't want to the dog went back home but yeah um, i don't know what the dog's intentions were but it was a big and i had seen the dogs before and they were aggressive behind their fence okay
0: never a hostile encounter with a human and another human while I walking the dog? Um, no i don't think i have okay I've had one. Oh. <laughs> God, it was maybe about a year or two ago now. Out walking Abigail, of course, and it was right down the block from here. And she stops on the curb grass in front of someone's homes to do her business. You know, she does her little tinkle. And she stops, and we keep on walking. all of a sudden, this white car comes down the street and pulls in the driveway, and the guy hops out of his car. He's like, you know, don't let your dog shit in front of my house. And I'm like... First of all, she didn't. She peed on the curb grass. I said, and if she had pooped, I said, I showed him the whole freaking thing of plastic bags that I carry. I was like... And, of course, he had to walk over there to see if she had pooped or not. And, of course, she hadn't. Okay. Well, it makes some people happy to police poop. I guess so, you know? But that was probably the most hostile encounter I've had walking uh, walking because Yeah, don't let your dog shit in front of my shitty house. Well, someone in Florida... Surpasses both of our encounters as far as hostile encounters. This happened in Delray Beach, Florida. Fucking Florida. What is going on? What happened was a uh, 64-year-old Herbert Merritt was out walking his dog. He says, on the grass next to the golf course. But I guess there may be, I don't know if that's true, if he was on the golf course or not. Then anyway, 74-year-old Robert Levine pulled up in his golf course and began having a verbal argument with the the man over having his dog on the golf course. He then pulled out his semi-automatic weapon and began shooting at Merrick while the guy was running away. He chased the guy around the tree while continuing the shoot. He shot about five rounds, according to witnesses. Then they saw Levine kick the guy in the head. Then he went back to his golf cart, got a club, and began beating the guy with the club while holding the gun in his other hand. Okay. Thankfully, the man survived the ordeal, was transported to the hospital, had non-life-threatening injuries. Despite the attack? Mr. Levine was arrested for attempted first-degree murder. (laughs) Any word on the dog? What's that? no no word on the dog? I'm assuming the dog escaped unscathed. I'm sure that would have made the headline first. Dog shot on golf course. Is that stand your ground? What? It's a, it's a guy on a golf course.
1: Yeah yeah, I, I understand. I'm just saying. That is, that there's no stand Florida. your
0: ground applicable there though. <laughs> I mean. Uh... That's just... It's insane. I mean, I I understand, you know, dogs should not be on golf courses. We know why they shouldn't be on golf courses. We know how much these golf clubs spend money on their greens and everything. But for some reason, this guy was on the golf course. And the man could have just asked him nicely, can you please get your dog off on the golf golf course? course." But no, this man had to go (laughs) shooting. Shooting! And then using a club. To to beat the man! The yes. I'm surprised he uh survived. So am I, right? Well, he only got shot in the right ankle, thank God. So that's some consolation, I guess, you know? I guess. I guess. And the man's in jail. I guess. I guess. But I guess it means, you know, I guess when if you're in a hostile encounter with people, be careful what you do. You never know what they have. Well, I don't even look
1: <laughs> at anybody when they pull up next to me anymore. In, in the car.
0: No, I, well, I've never had that. I've had cars stop and look at us. Like, I don't know, like, what they're what they're right. planning. Like, what, are they going to kidnap the dog or whatever? Right. I don't know what they're planning on doing. But I've never had anyone, like, come alongside me anything like that. No, you know? I just mean in general, like, when I'm driving.
1: I don't look at the other drivers anymore.
0: Oh, okay. What about when you're out walking, when you're running to people the, when you're out walking? Louis is a lunatic. Okay. He goes crazy
1: when he sees other dogs. He's not interested in other dogs. I know. That's that's Abigail. He takes too. him to the dog park, he ignores all the dogs, he makes friends with all the people. He likes to visit the people, but he becomes crazy. He's just got a lot of energy and, and it's uh <laughs> it's uh, yeah, he's he's a lot. Okay. The dog is a lot. <laughs> he's very, very good. But he's when when he's confronted with those distractions,
0: he's a lot. Well, word of advice, don't take him to any golf courses. Not, not, <laughs> Golf people are crazy. Did you ever golf? I don't like golf. And that's, and that's like anathema for people like me and your attorneys. Right. I... Do not like golf. Miniature golf is about as, is about as close as you'll ever get me to a golf. Anything approaching a golf course.
1: I never golfed until I was in South Carolina, and I lived in Myrtle Beach. And Myrtle Beach is lousy with golf courses. Yes, it is. It's full of them. I vacation down there. I they know. had a musicians' league, and I was in the show. So they said, "Come play." I said, I don't, "I don't play." They said, "Come play." So I went to play, and I played a couple of times. And there was it was meant it was meant to be lighthearted. Okay. Oh, uh, except for when you were playing with the one guy for whom no golf ever is lighthearted.
0: Yeah, golf is a way of life for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: can respect that. You know, I don't want people opening up their candy bars in front of me when I'm watching Aldrin (laughs) McDonald sing. You know, there's time and place, people, time and place, but they like that. They all like that.
0: Yes, they are. Yes, uh, they are. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, golf is not my thing. I don't have the patience. It was fun. It was nice. The I, I, you know, it's not skill. too much a thing.
1: It was, it was fun. It was, you know.
0: I've gone twice. They usually, I think they were during law school. They were law school outings at a golf course. So we were all drinking, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but i But yeah, that's not my sport. No, okay. no thank yeah, you. Me either. Anyway, we move on now to your favorite segment, there today's you birthdays. Know who's, you know whose birthday was today? Whose birthday was it today? Today was Ella Fitzgerald's birthday. No, that was yesterday. Or, not actually, that was uh, two days ago. No. Yeah, the 25th no. or 26th it was. What day is it? Because been... I posted, today's the 27th. Isn't it 107? It's, no, she's not born on the 27th. I posted it on our Facebook page for Grumpy Old Game Man. And no, she's not. her birthday is not today. Sorry. It is the birthday of Kate Pearson from the B 52s. Well, that's fun. Yes, it is. And okay. did you hear and they're going on a farewell tour. Really? Yes. They ain't farewelled yet? Nope, not yet. They're doing two nights on at the Beacon Theater in Manhattan. Okay. I'm sure tickets are gonna be outrageous and oh, I'll never really get to see them again. Yeah, I
1: know they'll
0: be I saw them about two or three years ago at the Paramount Theater in Huntington. It was great to see them. It yeah. really was. That was the last time that was the last time all four members were playing. And they will all four be playing. No, this Beacon? on the tour it looks like only the three of them, the three singers. Alright. The fourth, uh, Keith Strickland, looks like he's sitting out. Okay. Yeah. So that's that was some good news. That'll be fun. But anyway, on to today's birthdays. On to today's birthday. And of course, for this not whole... Not Ella Fitzgerald. Not Ella Fitzgerald, but for this whole month of April, we have been observing Jazz Appreciation Month. Yeah, I realize that. Been noting the various musicians and singers' birthdays every day. <laughs>
1: yeah, I realize
0: that. And today was no different, of course. Today's birthday, and this one's living. Born today, 1959. You're going to lead off with a living? A living, can you, you believe can't it? can go back once you go live? I Well, unfortunately, I'm going to be going back, <laughs> because... yeah. The The rest of them are dead. But this one's living. His name is Scott Robinson. He was born in New Jersey, the son of a piano teacher and a book editor. He has received four fellowships from the NEA. He was named a jazz ambassador by the State Department in 2001, funding a tour of West Africa in which he played the early music of Louis Armstrong. Oh, dear. How'd they like it? I guess it was a big hit. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. He has appeared on over 275 albums to date. He plays saxophone, clarinet, Trumpet, cornet, guitar, flute, French horn, flugelhorn, double bass, and in addition a variety of saxes and clarinets. He's also known for playing more obscure instruments such as the theremin. You've heard of the theremin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sarusophone. It's a 19th-century wind instrument. Okay. The ophicleide, which is a brass instrument similar to a tuba. The ektara which is a South Asian one-stringed instrument. The euphonium, which is a 19th century brass instrument. One-string? One-string instrument, yes. That's the ektara. And then lastly, he plays the waterphone. How do you tune the one-string? I, I don't know. <laughs> you have to ask the South Asian musician who might know. What's a waterphone? A waterphone is very interesting. I, I looked it up. And there's this bowl that they call a resonator. And then there are like these metal strips to the, that come that are attached to it and they are joined to another end here. And then you can add water to the bowl. And then you play a bow over the metal strips and the sound that comes out. Okay. That's the water phone. It sounds like stone people
1: trying to <laughs> fool around with shit and discovering something. <laughs> That's probably what most instruments are anyway. Yeah, all the wind instruments, all the wind instruments, all the uh, reed instruments. Yeah, he plays a and lot. And the guitar.
0: He also plays a vintage contrabass saxophone and that, is so, that is so rare that only 20 in playable condition are known to exist. And he has one of them. It's, it's huge. It's like five feet tall. Well, he, he should have
1: one of them if he knows how to play it. Yeah, Of
0: course. Well, he probably
1: knows how to play it because he has one of them. Would you
0: like to hear some music by him? Sure. Is that him? That's him right there. What is this? This is from his last album called Tenor War. Tenor War. He's, we he's tenor, 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 tenor sax playing tenor, tenor sax. Lovely. Right? How old is he? He is, I believe, 63 today. Wow. Yep. Cool. So, happy birthday, Scott Robinson. Scott Robinson. We now move on to the dead people portion of today's birthdays. Here we go. And once again, we have a U.S. president's birthday. Great.
1: Holy shit! He's buried in Grant's tomb in uptown Manhattan. He's you the nailed it! On the head. The only president buried in New York. How did you know it was
0: Grant's birthday today? I know things. <laughs> how did you learn of it today? I that you knew this on the top of how your did head. I learned of it. I don't. I.
1: Uh, it's uh, today's Grant's birthday. It's Day one oh seven, of course. <laughs> Everybody
0: knows that.
1: 117.
0: 117. <laughs> anyway. So give us the bio. Ulysses S. Grant, born today, 1822 in Ohio, the son of a tanner. He was noted for his exceptional ability with horses. He graduated from West Point in 1843 and served with distinction in the Mexican-American War. Where was he born? In Ohio. Ohio. In 1848, he married Julia Dent, and they had four children. In the Civil War, he led the successful Vicksburg Campaign in Mississippi, and he was then promoted to lieutenant general after his victory at Chattanooga in 1864 and was given command of all the Union armies. For 13 months, he fought a series of battles against General Robert E. Lee in what is known as the Wilderness Campaign. After the siege of... Petersburg, Virginia. Lee was forced into a retreat and surrendered to Grant at Appomattox on April 9th of 1865. Appomattox applesauce.
1: That's a line from Maine. Oh, really? I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know. Thank you for sharing. No worries.
0: Grant was elected president in 1868. His administration was known for its prosecution of the Ku Klux Klan and for its humane treatment of African Americans. He appointed African Americans and Jewish Americans to prominent federal offices. In 1871, he created the Civil Service Commission. He also created the Justice Department and worked with Radical Republicans to protect African Americans during Reconstruction. He also presided over numerous corruption scandals in his administration. Here we
1: go, this is the good stuff.
0: Yeah, one of which almost sent the U.S. into a depression if not for Grant acting quickly. And another one that implicated his brother. However, he also had to preside then over the Panic of 1873, which led to an economic depression until 1877. Oh damn. He also became known for he created the Board of Indian Commissioners to reform Native American policy and to give federal federal assistance to Native Americans. He was no, also a, go. He was the first president to appoint a Native American to the Commissioner of Indian Affairs. Well, he wanted to assimilate Native Americans into Western culture. That was, his, that was his goal at the time. And during his first term as president, Indian wars actually did decrease. But in the second term, the policy fell apart between gold being discovered in the Black Hills of Dakota and the westward expansion. Before you know it, at least three wars broke out with the Indians, during which General Custer lost the Battle of Little Bighorn in 1876. You know, maybe the Indians didn't want to be integrated. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously not. I'm <laughs> you know why don't you just leave those people alone? because they thought that they were being uh, they were having a civilizing effect on the uh, Native Americans so they were doing God's work yes you know kind I'm of let It's kind of pe you know sure a it didn't go so well uh, okay well not for the Indians we almost had another state in the Caribbean because in 1869 he sent Marines down to what is known today as the Dominican Republic to prevent piracy of American shipping. The government down there wanted uh, U.S. protection after wars with with Spain and Haiti. So they entered into an agreement of annexation, but the Senate refused to approve it, even though Grant tried for like three years to get it approved. So he almost had another state down in uh, the Caribbean. We're not supposed to call them Indians. Call who Indians? The Indians. I wasn't calling them Indians. I was calling them Native Americans. Okay, I was calling them Indians. Well, uh, you call them Indians. I call them Native Americans. I think that's what we're supposed to call them. Yes, that's what they prefer. Native Americans. Yes, because they're not Indians. No, they're not Indians. That's
1: a misnomer. We call them Indians because that Columbus was Christopher landed. Columbus's
0: fault, basically. Well, no,
1: he was a typical white guy. He 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 was, his intent was to land in India. So when he landed, he figured he was an Indian. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a misnomer because
0: he was wrong. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, in 1877, well, 1876 election, Grant uh, decided not to run after two terms. And he actually facilitated the compromise on the election of 1876. of so the whole constitutional crisis, that was the election with Ruther- uh, Rutherford Hayes, who got elected after a somewhat corrupt deal in Congress. Yeah, I remember. So from 1877 to 1879, he became the first former president to take a world tour, meeting with Queen Victoria and other heads of state. Oh, cool. But in 18 18- In 1880, he decided to run for president again, but the Republican nomination went with James Garfield instead, who won, but then was assassinated shortly thereafter. Yeah, three months, right? Yep. After suffering some financial setbacks and discovering that he had throat cancer, he wrote his memoirs, which were published in 1885 by Mark Twain. It's considered one of the most significant works of American nonfiction. What's it called? What's that? What's it called? I don't know the title of it. Upon his death in 1885, his body traveled from his home to West Point and then to New York City. A quarter of a million people viewed his body before the funeral, and one and a half million people attended the funeral. Wow. Tens of thousands of Civil War Union veterans marched with the casket, and his pallbearers consisted of two former Union and two f- former Confederate generals, and of course, he is famously buried at the ri- at Riverside Park here Riverside in Park. Manhattan. I love it up there. Known as Grant's Tomb, and the old joke: Who's buried in Grant's Tomb? George Washington. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, actually, that that is gorgeous up there. It's beautiful, right? It's a gorgeous spot. Really yeah, did a beautiful really job there. It's really it's very impressive. The church is beautiful. The whole neighborhood is beautiful, right? Yeah, that whole upper upper West Side there. So. Happy birthday, there, Ulysses S. Grant. Thank you for your service, sir. Yeah, he
1: had slaves, you know.
0: Grant didn't have slaves. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. Before the emancipation, Grant had slaves. Grant's mm-hmm. family had slaves. Grant did not have slaves. Let's just continue. I'll even look that up. I don't know where you got that information. Ulysses S. Grant did, Ulysses. Not, have grants, did not have That's a, a religious reference, right? Ulysses. Ulysses S. Grant in Ohio, or. No, his family did not own slaves. Not what I heard. No. There's nothing here indicating that his family owned slaves or that he owned slaves. What, that Wikipedia? Yes, it is. I'll even ask the question on Google. Did Ulysses Grant own slaves? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Ulysses Grant was the last president to have owned a slave at some point in his life. hmm Where the hell did you ever learn that? I've never, ever heard that before. No. In 1859, Grant either bought or was given 35-year-old William Jones, who was in grand service until he freed him before the start of the war. Wow. That's a first. I never knew that. Shit. There it is. Wow. You learn something new every day. That's what happens. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's eye-opening. Damn. 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 <laughs> Anyway, we now move on to our next birthday celebrant. Dead. 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 She was born today in nineteen twenty seven in Alabama, the granddaughter of former slaves. You know I love you some Alabama. I know you do. Go ahead. She studied music at Antioch College in Ohio and also joined the college's chapter of the NAACP. She later transferred to the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston, where she met an aspiring young minister through a friend who married in 1953. They then moved to Montgomery, Alabama, where he became the pastor of the local uh, Baptist church and became involved in the bus boycott in 1955 so, to 1956. Well, are you talking about Coretta? I am talking about Coretta Scott King. In Alabama. Na- in Alabama. All right. In 1956, she and her daughter and a friend were at the King home when it was firebombed, and despite offers to return back to her parents' home in Atlanta, she refused and chose to stand by her husband. Right. At- Tammy out of her. Right. Well, the FBI, as part of their efforts to undermine mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, they anonymously sent a tape recording to Coretta of her husband's infidel- infidelities, but... I think after she got done blasting Martin Luther King, she stood by it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also, she, uh, you know, worked with Martin Luther King all during the whole civil rights movement, worked hard for the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. But she also criticized the sexism of the civil rights movement, as she saw it, saying that not enough attention has been focused on the roles played by women in the struggle. By and large, men have formed the leadership in the civil rights struggle, but... Women have been the backbone of the whole civil rights movement. She wasn't too popular (laughs) for saying that. And even Martin Luther King kind of like kept her down a bit. He expected her first and foremost to be a housewife and mother. Yeah. No. That was not who the person was. No, no, she of course not. It's definitely not who she was, even before she married him, you know? She wasn't gonna be just the goodly wife staying home, keeping quiet. And if she sees that you're not paying attention to the women, she's going to tell you, you're not paying attention to the women. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. No. Anyway, she was out shopping and arrived home when she learned of her husband's assassination on April 4th of 1968. Four days later, and a day before the funeral, she and her four children marched with sanitation workers, as her husband had planned to do. And she became the new face of the civil rights movement. She broadened her activism to include women's rights, queer rights, apartheid, world peace, and economic issues. Do you think she wanted that?
1: Wanted what? Coretta to become the new face and to carry that on, or did,
0: probably not in the beginning. No, she probably that's probably not a role that she relished. But she grew into it. I mean, she you know? wasn't the
1: stay-at-home
0: housewife and mother. No, she wasn't.
1: Like all of you stay-at-home housewife right? and mothers out there. That's a Pippin. Yes, I know. Okay, all right. Well, you're looking at me like I'm out of my fucking mind. <laughs> well, you are out of your fucking I'm mind. I'm musicals. That doesn't mean I'm out of my mind. That means I'm in my mind. <laughs> When I start quoting
0: musicals, call the ambulance. Okay. In 1968, she then founded the King Center for Nonviolent Social Change in Atlanta. I think she was, like, ready to do it. She was probably ready, but there was probably some resistance to having a woman in charge and being the face of the civil rights movement. What, to have a
1: black woman, what,
0: go shopping?
1: I, I know, right? Okay, we're talking about
0: 1968 for fuck's 1968 we're talking about. You know? How old were you? I was six years old. All uh, right. Yep, six years old. 1968. Yep. She also fought to have her husband's birthday made into a national holiday. And, yeah. was, and was present in the White House when President Ronald Reagan signed the legislation in 1983. She then died of respiratory failure due to complications from ovarian cancer in 2006. Okay. She and her husband are now buried on the grounds of the King Center for Nonviolent Social Change. Okay. Quite a history. It's a good life. Right? Tumultuous life. Yeah.
1: Well, she made progress. You don't make progress without tumult. Tumult. Yeah. Tumult. Right? Tumult. Tumult. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. She fought. Yeah. Good, so, for, good for Corinna. Happy birthday, girl. Happy
0: birthday, Ms. King. Well, uh, how old? Uh, She was born in, what year did I say? 19 1927, and she died in 2006. So, she was, what, 79 years old? Wow. Yeah. That's old. Yes it is. That completes today's birthdays. We're only up to the birthdays? That was it. We now move on to Today in History. Today in history is day
1: 117. So yes. on day 117,
0: well, in on this day in 2011, a play by Larry Kramer premiered on Broadway for its first time, The Normal Heart. And and when? 2011. It premiered off-Broadway in 1985. Yeah. But it premiered on Broadway in 2011. Okay. It starred Joe Mantello, Ellen Barkin, I and John Joe Benjamin Mantello. Hickey. Barkin and Hickey won Tonys for their best featured performances, and the play won Best Revival. It wasn't a revival. The 2011. Well, it's I guess it was under their rules. They considered it a revival. I don't know what the rules. Don't look at me like that. I didn't write the fucking Tony rules. I'm asking you if you see the ridiculousness. I like that. know that, but I guess maybe I don't know. I don't know what their rules were. You have to go look the rules up. I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> Unclench thy sphincter,
1: Mr. Finn. Okay, I'm just saying that. just seems ridiculous to me.
0: Yes. Well. All right, continue. But anyway, that's, that's all. for those of you who don't know, the play The Normal Heart is basically a semi autobiographical play of Larry Kramer and the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, and especially how it affected uh, gay men in Manhattan and led to the rise of the gay men's health crisis. And it basically covers like a, about a three to four year period that's in the point. early 80s. It's an excellent play. I, for, I never saw a production of it until maybe like seven, eight years ago over at East Line Theater here in wanton And Evan Donnellan played Ned Weeks. Okay. And it was excellent. It was an excellent production. That it is really excellent. was. Excellent actor. And he, yeah, he was an excellent actor for the part, really was. And yeah, that was the first time I'd ever seen the play. And, and they, they, didn't they make a movie of this also? Yes, they, they did, did with Mark uh, Ruffalo. Okay. Mark Ruffalo was in it. Yes, it was very good, actually. I thought it was a good adaptation of it. Larry Kramer is a, an interesting character. I love Larry Kramer. Of course. Of course. He's obnoxious. But this is, and where, this is where he in your face, and that's what you got to love and about it. Unapologetic. Him. No. Totally unapologetic. Yeah, you yeah. know, is it in the play or
1: oh, there was another play as is? I don't think he wrote it. No, he didn't. He didn't write that play. He didn't write as no. is. No, the normal lot they're talking about what a what a pain in the ass Larry Kramer is on 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 the docks at Fire Island.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because he'd be out there trying to raise money. Yeah, uh, annoying for people man's about health this crisis. thing that and nobody no, heard about, and no one to do anything. No one cared. And there was this thing about I'm sorry about uh, they. In
1: order for the gay men's health crisis to send mailings, being a not for profit, they had to put their name and address. Am I knocking shit over? No,
0: no, no. I just want to get something for a second.
1: They had to put their address on the envelope, and that in a meeting there would be objections about people in the closet okay. getting something getting mail from something called the gay man's health crisis the gay man's health crisis then get, get, uh, um, Larry was like the character who was supposed to be Larry okay I'm sorry about those guys on Long Island who are still in the closet to their families but this and he um, he was just so offensively right
0: yeah. That's I mean, I mean, you couldn't argue with what he was saying, no matter how obnoxious or offensive he may be because he was absolutely right. There's also a story, his relationship with Doctor Fauci. Oh yes. Yeah. Fauci speaks fondly of him. Yeah. Larry oh, Kramer never spoke fondly no, of didn't. Dr. Fauci. No, he didn't because <laughs> Fauci was part of the establishment, you know? Yeah. So he constantly fought him and stuff. I was ref- looked at this speech that he made down in Lower Manhattan, which is in this. It's in a book form now. It's called "The Tragedy of Today's Gays." Okay, and he oh, made it. They didn't it, like that. He made it after the, I guess it was the 2004 election when Bush was reelected. I guess, and he just went off and saying, you know, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, and. He said the things that no one else were, were either afraid to say or that people didn't want to hear. Didn't want to hear. You know, but you needed that, and unfortunately, we need that today now again. Oh yeah, we need. Oh, a, yeah. we need another firebrand, in-your-face faggot to get on, take the pulpit now. Yeah, you know, we need it now more than ever. He was. He was special. He was, uh, and, and
1: very, very difficult to like. Zero charm. No. Zero person. You know, people relationship sort of
0: skills. Yeah. No, he was not. He was not a socialite. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> Please, not at all. He was a big old bottom though. I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, come on. Have you read, ever read his uh, novel, Faggots? Or, yeah, I think it's called Faggots. I think I have.
1: I think you lent it to me to read. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, we have it here. Which means I returned it. Yes, he did. Uh, so now that's on <laughs> fucking... That's worth these whole 34 weeks. It's worth just having you say that I gave the book back to you so that when I die, um, uh, nobody has to be confronted by you saying, where the fuck is my book? <laughs>
0: I'll move on to our next segment. What
1: day is it? 117. Yes. 117 is the national
0: day of? It is National Babe Ruth Day. Why? Why? Because back in 1946, Ruth had been diagnosed with cancer. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, the following year, uh, the commissioner of baseball designated... April- baseball. Thank you. I was yep. hoping you would say Yes.
1: It. Go ahead, baseball.
0: Designated April 27th, the commissioner of baseball designated that day as Babe Ruth Day. And they held uh, observances at various stadiums throughout the country. But, of course, the biggest one was at Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium. Stadium. Uh, and he appeared there before a crowd of, like, 60,000 people. How old was he then? Well, he died He died two years. He was about 51. He died two years later in 48 at the age of 53. It is fucked up to know
1: that I, right now, am older than Babe Ruth was. Right. And I just would like to offer the universe a giant go-fuck-yourself. <laughs> So 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 so. When did the rest of the country or the rest of the world adopt Day 117 as Babe Ruth Day? I
0: don't know. I don't know if it's just observed in Major League Baseball. Okay, okay. Which would make sense. Yes, of course it would make sense. But if, I think we probably have listeners out there saying, "Who's Babe Ruth and why is he important? And why are we talking yeah, about?" We don't baseball? address
1: those people.
0: Well, we're gonna address them a bit anyway, because I'm Send sure there me, are some I I'm want, sure there's some people who are genuinely curious maybe as to who babe Ruth was. I want I
1: before we answer anybody under thirty years old, I want a written essay on Larry Kramer emailed <laughs> to Tommy Gibbons at Gay Men in there
0: Yeah. Oh. shut up. Anyway, he was born George Herman Ruth Junior. In 1895, he spent 22 seasons in Major League Baseball from 1914 to 1935. He started out as a left-handed pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. Was he playing when Jackie Robinson did his thing? No, was, he was before Jackie Robinson. Jackie 1930, Robinson was well, Jackie 1914 and Ro- 1935, Jackie Robinson was after that. Okay. But with the Red Sox, he helped them win three World Series championships. He was a pitcher there originally, but... Then he uh, eventually uh, was moved to the outfield. He was then sold to the Yankees in 1919 after setting the then-record 29 home runs in a single season with the Red Sox. That then led to the what is known as the Curse of the Bambino, which Uh-oh. lasted for 86 years, in which Boston never uh, won another World Series championship. Because they got rid of Babe Ruth. Yep. That's what they called it, the Curse of the Bambino. And how did the
1: Yankees do after acquiring
0: Babe Ruth? Well, he played with the Yankees for 15 years, and he helped the team win seven American League pennants and four World Series championships. Okay. In 1927, he scored a record-setting 60 home runs in a single season. Okay, now hold on. In my life, mm-hmm. between 20 and 30 years ago,
1: there's this thing about the 60, and there's this guy who's who,
0: who's a current
1: baseball player Who's about to break the sixty.
0: Okay, well it's already been broken. Roger Maris broke the the single season home run record in nineteen sixty one when he had sixty-one uh Okay. Uh home, home runs. Do in the you have more information
1: season. on this comp- uh this actual title? Because Roger Maris was to me the name that had to be beat. There was somebody who was gonna beat Roger Maris's uh, he's
0: already been beaten.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the time, what I'm saying is I remember this happening in the culture. Let's see
0: if we can find the single season home run leaders. Right now the record stands at 73. Which was set by Barry Bonds. Could you go back to the guy after
1: Roger Maris?
0: Well, Roger Maris was 61. After him, then, the next highest was Mark McGuire with 70. Mark McGuire. And then Barry Bonds seven with 73. What year was Mark McGuire? Doesn't give years. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't give years. Oh, hmm. I'm sorry, 1998. 1998. And okay. Barry Bonds was 2001. All uh, right, so yeah, that was about 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, so I was right. I was okay. vague, but I was right. Anyway, in 1935, he joined the Boston Braves when they were when Boston had Braves, believing he would eventually be be made manager, but that never happened, and he's playing with some substandard, so he decided to retire. And then in 1936, he was among the first five players inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. He held the career home run record of 714 home runs until Hank Aaron broke that record in
1: 1974.
0: That bitch. <laughs> oh, please, I remember there was a lot of controversy about him getting in all the threats and everything that happened that he got. Well, yeah, he was black. Well, exactly. A black man was going to break break, you know, break, the record. Oh, my God. Bambino's Jesus. record. Jesus. Oh, my God. What a horror. Please. Right. Just ridiculous. So, where did he end his career? In In Boston? Well he said yeah, he ended it in Boston, but he played there a short time and then he retired. All right. But I said he's best known as a you know, as a Yankee, first and foremost. So yes, happy Babe Ruth Day. Babe Ruth Day. We now turn to our next segment, which that's is it? that's all we have for today for there was a lot of Days, anything that happened, yeah, what no, what day today is. No, that's really? it. Really? It's not like National Button Day? It's, they had stupid ones, I just ones I was not really interested in. I
1: love those.
0: It those was like, are the fun like, ones. It was like National Tell-A-Story Day. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I'm I know, but, that. you know, <laughs> things like National Zipper Day. Okay. I'll remember that for future reference then. Come on, you, you know. I'll see what I can do next time. But we now move on to our next this, segment. That could be the segment that really takes off. What day is it? Yeah. Okay. We now try again to move on to our next segment, Turn Your Head and Cough. <laughs> and this is just a brief news item here today. Dr. Fauci, speak of the devil, came out today and said that we are in a different phase of the pandemic, but that it is definitely not over right now, two thirds of the country is vaccinated, with nearly half of those having gotten the booster shot. Unfortunately, vaccine vaccination rates around the world are much lower. Yeah, I'm still wearing a mask. You know, I know like, this weekend. Like I said, we were at the theater this weekend, and I wore a mask the whole time I was inside the building. Yeah, you look great. <laughs> I don't care about what it looked like, but. Well, I'm saying. I think Stephen and I and John were like the few who were wearing mm-hmm. masks. And eventually I think they took theirs off by the end Did of the day. Did anybody night. laugh
1: at you? No. Did anybody point and stare? Not that I'm aware of. Did any little children cry and go, held their mother's hand?
0: <laughs> nope, nope, nothing happened. It was quite all right. I was not a social outcast because I was wear, wearing a mask. Well, not because you were wearing a mask. Well, no, I'm an outcast for other reasons. <laughs> But yeah, but sorry, I'm in the high risk category. I'm going to keep wearing a mask when I'm going into buildings with a lot of people in them. You know, That's I, I, doing. you
1: know, I haven't been in a crowded theater. You know, like a Broadway theater or movie theater. Oh, neither
0: of I. I haven't been in the, these local theaters. I've been the and not in supermarkets. I've been the extent of my exposure to mass groups of people. Really. Oh no, I,
1: I, I have to deal with people day to day. Like in my job. Over the weekend, I have mm-hmm. I deal with couple hundred people face to face. Okay. but I don't I, I don't wear a mask. I have faith in the vaccinations. I have faith in the boosters. I have to get my second booster? Yeah, so I we have to get ours as well. I think the fact that I'm not rushing out and like
0: planning it sort of No, we are like we're like this, we just we we're, we're procrastinating about it, you know. It, right, where it's not because we have to go online and we have to schedule it, and unfortunately, there's two of us and we can't schedule at the same time. It's, a- it's ridiculous. It's, you know, unfortunately, there's a two. Where you go fuck
1: yourself. But I'm saying <laughs> that it's become so part of the day. We had this discussion before because I want to use the same thing about you getting your oil change while I'm getting my oil change. I go across the street get the vaccine and come back and my my oil. You know what I mean? I right know. It's just
0: because. Coming that that route, it should be. I mean, we try to do. We 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 went to the CVS where we supposed to get, and we're like, sorry, you can't do a walk-in. We're like, why not? There's no line here. There's yeah, no line yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't we do a walk-in? It's like we have our cards with us. What more do you need? I
1: don't have any of my cards. I hope that the next time when I finally do go and get my second booster, that they will give me proof of vaccination. You don't have your card. No, Louie ate it from the original from the original one you know when you went to Suffolk Community Maybe College you
0: looking at getting into replacements well that's what i just said okay. when i
1: go get my booster i hope that they'll be able to give me
0: do you have any other record or proof of your prior vaccinations i have pictures of everything okay Well, as long as you hopefully that should be enough there then. was there was this New York state thing that
1: only lasted for Sunday it was like they they, they bumbled that yeah For true and real. We're no kidding. So, uh, yeah, I have no proof of my vaccinations. Okay. Louis does. (laughs) I bet he does. He had proof of his vaccinations. Of course. And proof of my vaccinations. Well.
0: Did you eat his proof of vaccinations? I did not. First thing, you
1: could return the favor. (laughs) It's supposed to hang on his collar. (laughs) Okay. And um, that makes noise, so that's a no.
0: Ah, okay. No noise from the collar. No noise. No
1: noise from the collar. No, no. No, no. (laughs)
0: Is that your problem or no, his problem? No, that's me. That's oh, okay. no noise from the collar. Okay.
1: No. He makes enough fucking noise. Little bastard. Sits in front of me and barks.
0: Aww. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. So, uh, you know what? You have to tell me the next time we do this. What? About
1: that. About that. Because I want to add a sound effect. Oh, do you? I do. What sound effects? I'll tell you. Hold on. Because I haven't found like I haven't picked out the sound effect, but but if there's any segment on any on any podcast anywhere in the world that needs a sound effect to introduce yes. is this segment. Is this one? Yeah.
0: Okay. Should I wait for you or can I go on? No, you don't you don't have to wait for me. Well, this just came out in the news today. The New York State Court of Appeals overruled the state legislature's electoral district map. Oh saying that the uh, map was gerrymandered to favor the Democrats and it was sent back down to the lower court to be ha- now done by a special master to de- to designate the map. Who appoints the the special master the, uh, the court the court will the court's going to appoint it. What had happened was the state had set up an independent commission to design the map. It was made up of half Democrats and half Republicans and surprise. They couldn't agree on a map. So then the legislature then took it upon itself to design its map. And they submitted it, got it signed by the governor, and then it got contested and then ended up going to the Court of Appeals. And the Court of Appeals said, no, because he goes, he goes, you designated a commission to do this by law. You can't do this. And, and, and it's gerrymandered to favor one party. So now they got to send it back and... They they, they may have to push but they may have to push back state primaries now because they don't know if they're going to have a, a, a an acceptable map map in place in time.
1: Okay, so for the dozens of people who are going to vote in the state primaries, uh-huh. we'll send an email.
0: Actually, but this gerrymandering shit is fucked up. Patrick. No kidding. This but, has to stop. But actually, they're already looking at primary elections that are going on, and the turnouts are higher than usual in some of these
1: primaries. Yeah. <sighs> Just hold on. I got I found a sound effect but I don't think it's the right one. Oh, okay. No.
0: No, that's not the one. No, man.
1: I put terrified scream as my search criteria and I got aliens scary. I don't know I I don't uh so continue with your with your thing. What's next?
0: But anyway, it's just it's just ridiculous that all these states and there's like three or four states we've heard about in the past couple of months which their maps have been ruled, uh, they're favoring one party, you can't do this, If you you can get somebody to rule that way, they're all, every fucking map is, they're all fucked up. The problem is the Supreme Court won't even touch this issue anymore. They're saying it's a political issue, we're not going to go near it anymore. So here's... So now the states are just on their own and it's just a mess. I don't know if I'm moving into gripe of the week, because this is a gripe.
1: (laughs) It doesn't have to be this week's gripe. Okay. Because there's plenty of gripes. But the politicalization, politicalization of the judiciary has become very disturbing. <laughs>
0: that's putting it nicely.
1: That when a news anchor says a judge's name and then who the judge was appointed by.
0: Yep, that's, they all do that now. By oh, reg- as means. regular
1: practice. <laughs> Yep. And then the judge is ruling pretty much on that, by, on that, uh, on that, what is it? On, uh, uh, they're, they're ruling to that stereotype. They're right. ruling according to where you think they should. If Trump appointed this judge, then you expect the rule is going to be this way. Uh, ah,
0: but yes, you see, but even Trump judges have ruled against him during this whole election. Because he there awesome was some, some ridiculous...
1: There, because Trump, for those of you who even don't know... Even those judges
0: are like, come on, there got was, here, a you got nothing here. huge <laughs> a
1: huge portion of complete bullshit ridiculousness that you have to cut away before you can even begin.
0: Right, of course. So...
1: So there, and there are some things that are just law. If, if the opinion is, if now the opinion, uh, Trump is now going to, of course, he filed an appeal against the $10,000 a day. Right. Okay. So now an appeals judge is going to, so who's the appeals judge? The appeals judge is going to be whoever the appeals judge court
0: calendar clerk appoints to see the case. Well no, a lot of these especially I don't know if it's that's in a federal appeals court or for instance a state appeals court. But appeals courts are made up of more than one judge. It's made up of a panel of judges. Appeals courts? Yes. Always? Oh, well, almost always depends on the states. So no single okay. But even but even the federal appeal courts there are there's not just one judge. It's not just one more judge. More than one judge on these panels. Okay.
1: That makes me feel a little better. Yeah. It makes me a little more ad, uh, admirationally uh, connected to the founders. Okay. That's a good idea. <laughs> okay. To have that particular court be a panel. Yes, it is. Okay.
0: All right. I feel better. Okay. Well, we're now going to move on to the next case. This past week, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments on a case that we discussed previously. Do you remember the football coach who was leading prayers on the 50-yard line? I
1: didn't like this guy.
0: Yeah. Well, this week, they argued the case before the Supreme Court.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: And, you know, it's basically a question of, number one, was his coach within his government – was he in his role as a coach and therefore – a government employee when he was leading his prayer on the football field after the game. If so, he was <laughs> that his speech should not be protected by the First Amendment. And we'll had that go over, probably like well, that's a in that's church. that's one of the issues. And
1: of course, they're saying that. Oh, that's one of the issues that has to be ruled on whether or not that's fact is true. Well,
0: the thing is, like from what I understand, from what I've been reading, is the courts seem to be concentrating on the, well, not the, the courts, the the Supreme Court, the judges. Seem to be concentrating on whether the school, in its attempt to avoid a violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment, ended up violating the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment by prohibiting this man... Well, they didn't really prohibit him from praying. What had happened was, for a while, he had stopped, and he was asked not to do any more prayer you know, more of these prayers after the game. And then he picked right back up. Then he got a lawyer, and then he let the school ah. board know, and it became an announcement that he was going to be leading a prayer at the next game. <clears throat> and at the next game, after the game, he went to the 50-yard line, and I guess there was an- a rush from the crowd onto the field and several spectators or members of the school band got injured. Okay. This is not a good look. So after that, he did two more games, and then the school put him on administrative leave. Okay, and and so did he sue so the school? So then he sued the school, saying that they violated his First Amendment rights. His First Amendment rights. Yes. While he was employed by the school. Yes. So he didn't do this on Saturday and Sunday. Right. Well, there's the old adage that a person's, a teacher's supreme, a teacher's rights, including the right to pray or whatever, the right of free speech, does not stop at the schoolhouse door. Fine. You know? You can pray in school. But he's still in his official capacity here as a coach. Yes. More importantly, what the judges also seem to be neglecting or ignoring at this point is what the effect this had on members of the football team. Because what had happened was, members of the team... Well, the band
1: who got hurt.
0: Well, Well, that's, besides, that's later on. But the members of the team were complaining to their parents that they felt pressured to join in these prayers after the game. Otherwise, they felt they may not be put on the roster to play the next game. Right, 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 which is all they care about.
1: Which, as a football player in high school... Being on the roster the is all you should care about, but it should not be based on whether or not you attend coach's prayer vigil.
0: And you shouldn't even so-called. have. And even if it had no effect on you, whether or not you played, a student shouldn't even be made to feel that, that should, way. No, that should not. That be, he's being AD basically coerced by a school employee. I agree. To be in this prayer, I agree. But unfortunately, it seems that they think that they're gonna be, that the court's going to rule in this man's favor. I, I agree. They're absolutely gonna
1: rule, rule in this his guy's favor. favor. It's, it's
0: just gonna blow the doors open then on school prayer and prayer in public and government buildings. It's gonna open a whole can of worms. It's bad. Yeah. It's not going to be good. No, and it's going to get worse, and we keep going back to I wonder if they would have done the same thing if this coach was Muslim. Now, this is what I'm and saying. And he put out his prayer blanket prayer on the field and started praying to Allah facing Mecca. Here's the what I'm of the day. saying. Would they have reacted the same way? If you
1: are a Muslim teacher in a elementary school in Apple fuck, Indiana, <laughs> okay, Apple fuck? I don't think I've seen that on the map. And you have to look it up. It's right by Illinois. Okay. Yeah. Apple fuck Indiana. You're you're a third grade teacher, male, in uh, uh, in the elementary school. Yes. Male third grade teacher in the elementary school. You are Muslim. You are to pray five times a day. Okay. Is the school obligated to give you the time to separate yourself from your job
0: so that you can pray? I would think yes.
1: I would think yes. They too.
0: had to pro- provide some reasonable accommodation
1: for him to be able to go pray his five times a day. Okay, how many of those five times happened during eight to three o'clock? I have no idea. I don't know. Okay, probably at least one.
0: At least one. Maybe at two. Least one, you know,
1: maybe two because that's a that's a long break of time. So so do. Is he taking the class with him? Is he making them all face Mecca?
0: Is he t- what that? Well, the that would, he, they would lose their fucking shit over that. Well, I think at one point they the school even tried to accommodate this coach and they said, "Listen, you can do this in the locker room or in the press box afterwards." But you can't do it on the field, out in public, where it's going to look like it's a part of the event. It's part of the game. Uh, Yeah, no, he should do it in his backyard. But Uh, Yeah, no, it's fucked up, Patrick. It's fucked up. So they're expecting a decision on this sometime in June or July. It's not going to go well. No, it's it's not. It's going to go for him. He's going to be vindicated. And uh,
1: it's another step in the wrong direction. Yes, it is. Cha-cha-cha.
0: We now move on to the lighter side of the law.
1: The lighter... Oh, because law does provide such shits and giggles. Yes.
0: Well, in Oklahoma, a lawmaker was uh, named Sean Roberts is running for Oklahoma Labor Commissioner. He's okay. A, he right now is a state representative, but he's term-limited, so now he's running for this other spot. All right. all right. All right. Can I keep your name up there? You're going to be governor one day, this guy. Well... It seems that under Oklahoma election laws, they allow a candidate to use a nickname if it's a a name that he's generally known by. I could be Tommy. You could be Tommy Gibbons on on the ballot. Yep. Okay. Well, he wanted to be listed on the ballot as the Patriot. Oh, God. (laughs) He is going to be governor one day. But he was turned down. They pointed out that um, he's appeared on the ballot in seven elections before this is either Sean Roberts or Kevin Sean Roberts, and therefore the Patriot is not a known or recognized nickname. Could you imagine?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to picture myself in a voting booth and seeing the
0: Patriot Republican. Yeah, Well, of course, yeah, of course, he's a Republican, right? I, I had to look up just to make sure to verify it. I was like, this guy has to be Republican. And I looked it up. And sure enough, he was. To me, the Patriot has a cape. <laughs> he's.
1: Captain America on steroids. Right, Captain America. Captain, not Captain America. Captain America is he's he's like he's like Captain Jesus,
0: but he wears a tri-corner hat because you know the founders. Yeah, the (laughs) founders.
1: Yeah, (laughs) who would be so repulsed by everything that this guy stands for? Right, it's just it's that little bit of remove that that little bit of remove from themselves. That everybody needs yep. to look at yourself and say, how do I look to other people? Right. <laughs> not that you should dictate your life on that.
0: No, of course not.
1: But I, I you know, I'm in getting older. I don't appear to other people as I appear to myself. Okay, okay. So in many ways I've had to deal with and anybody who knows me will tell you I never gave a shit about what anybody said, but how do I appear from like last night I sp- last night I spent my night in, in a room with 20 20-year-olds. 20 now I'm here with you, right? Who is the combined age of twenty twenty year olds? Thank you. So, so like, how does each? How do you? And without that, remove you run the risk of being a complete dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Stephen. I didn't get a chance to. Oh, stop we've dessert. been
0: interrupted with cookies. I'm Thanks sorry, to my husband.
1: I'm sorry, but you, you always have. I know you always have. Cookies. These look I delicious. You did not. You liar. He I did. He went out for cookies. cookies. We didn't have cookies in the house. Yeah. You did not go out tonight special for cookies. Yes, he did. Special for cookies. He went to Torre I just had to spend $114 other than cookies. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I would I would have ask you to pick up my allergy medication.
0: <laughs> I need some fexofenadine. <laughs> anyway, in our last up, story for a, a look at my briefs, have you been watching the Johnny Depp defamation show? You know what?
1: I have not been actively watching it. Um, it fascinates me, and I, I really kind of feel like on in one. I tell you the truth. In one way, I feel like it's really interesting, and I really kind of want to. But on the other way, it sounds like it's a little too pop culturey for me as a grown-up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is part of why I've been looking at myself from a distance because who the fuck is that?
0: I know. Okay. But yeah, it just seems a little I I haven't been like creepy. watching it on TV. I know other people who have been. I've been reading the headlines. They're airing it word for word. Or I, know, I, think? Summer, I think yes, I forget what channel or station is. Gavel to gavel, whatever fancy thing they do. But from the clips that I've seen, from what I've read and everything. I have to agree with Howard Stern and say they never should have televised his trial in the first place. Now,
1: background me a little bit. This is a libel case, or it's a defamation case. A defamation case that
0: Depp brought against his ex-wife uh Amber Heard. I think her last name is yeah. Because in some interviews, she said that she she was a victim of domestic abuse. Okay, so he he's suing her for
1: having that printed. Yes, and the assumption. He, he he was not mentioned in the article. No, he was not mentioned. But she did mention domestic abuse, abuse, which indicates the husband, right? And of which he was. Yes. Has she been married before or after him? I don't know. I don't think so. We we agree that he she meant him.
0: Oh yes. Well, that's what, that's what he's alleging that it was referring, and that's what because he was recently married to him. I guess when she said this. Now, why had first of all, who the fuck is this woman? I don't know. I never heard of her before until all of this. Now, now has I, think, he, I don't know if she was an aspiring actress or what her he story Has he been means. married before? Uh I believe so. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's crazy I don't know who this bitch is. Johnny
1: Depp is this, you know, earthly icon. Right. Um, everybody knows Johnny Depp. Who the fuck is this woman? I, I wasn't uh, familiar. That's with what him I'm saying. Okay, is this. he the high school sweet? Is she the high school sweetheart? Is she the the backup, the, the makeup assistant from that one film? I don't know who she is. I anyway. think she was
0: an actress, and I think they may have met her in a film. I don't know.
1: Okay, so so he marries this girl, this nobody, and now she's alleging domestic abuse. Tell me, please, God. Well, no, why did no, 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 his... she
0: allege that? She just said this, so now he's suing her for defamation. Oh. Now the thing is. He previously sued over in England for def- for libel against a British publication for making, I guess, similar statements about him or whatever, and he lost. He lost the case there. Okay. But the standard of proof in England for libel is different than the standard of proof here in the United States. Well, because in England, they don't give a fuck. Well, it's it's a lower standard. It's a, yeah. So let me ask you this. What the fuck does
1: his role as Jack Sparrow and whether or not he goes back to play it have anything to do with this case. Well, Because it's been days about
0: him being Jack Sparrow. Well, yes, and he supposedly he gave that up, I guess, after all of this came out, especially after he lost the case over in England because of all these allegations, and the court was basically saying, well, we find these allegations to be mostly true about you. Now, he's admitted that he had a drug problem, he says he doesn't have a drinking problem, and if you when you read, I read all the allegations during the whole British case and everything, and yeah, this he was a, this guy's a mess. He's a pure mess. But I think she's a mess also. They're both were like the worst they could have been for each other. All right, I think they both got physical with each other. Is you she, know, is he going to win the case? I don't know. I don't think this case is helping either one of their reputations. That's for damn sure. They, like I said, Howard Stern said it best. He's like, why the hell did you? Because she didn't, know, she didn't want to tell She objected to it. He didn't. And the judge ruled in his favor on that. And how is he looking? <sighs> like an idiot? Yeah. They both look bad. They're both looking bad. It's ah. like, yeah, like you're, you're divorced. Maybe when you file for divorce, that may have been private. But this is like watching your divorce trial anyway. Oh, God. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's, it's it's a. am glad I'm not watching it all the time. It's like I got better things to do with my time. I can't
1: imagine something like this ruining the career of Johnny Depp. What I understand as Johnny Depp.
0: Well, he dropped out of the Pirates thing. He dropped, no, not the Pirates thing. He dropped out of the, uh, the last Harry Potter movie that just came out, The Secrets of Dumbledore. He dropped what, out of that. What
1: he does... ...is different from what the industry will accept. Mm -hmm. I think that the industry and the people will accept more Johnny Depp. Whether or not he wants to, whatever you call it, hide or take the time off to reflect or whatever Johnny Depp decides to take. The point is, he got the offer to do that movie. I don't understand the Disney thing. It is... did. The way I the way I understand it is that he is asserting that Disney would not hire him again to do a six of six a Jack Sparrow six because of this allegation, right? And so that has ruined his ability, and so here we are in court mm-hmm. today. Yep. Then I heard Disney said, "No, we offered him the contract, he turned it down." Okay. I don't know if that's true or if that's just the life we have up here in this head. But it, it it's, the, and so I have not been watching. No, like I said, yeah. It may be titillating, that's really about it. Her career is over. She's done. She's done. Nobody knows who she is. People will still Let's, hire wait. Johnny Depp. If they can keep on hiring Mel Gibson, they're going to hire Johnny Depp again. You know? Mel Gibson became part of of Hollywood DNA.
0: Which was pretty pathetic.
1: Yes, I agree. Johnny Depp is still sort of a... Ad- Which is
0: why I hate when I hear any Hollywood actors pontificating about politics or anything like that. Just like, shut the fuck up and just act. Every citizen has a you know? right. I know they have a right, but it's just the hypocrisy of Hollywood, you know? Are there are there
1: hypocrisies to me that are more dangerous. Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. What's next for us?
0: We now move on to the week in fascism. This is another place where
1: I have an idea for a really good, uh, what do I want to say, sound effect.
0: Oh, okay. You come up with the sound effects. I want to find the sound effects. You, you do too. that. I want you to. It'll be weeks. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Our first story takes us to Missouri. Not Alabama. Not Alabama. This week we're going to Missouri. All right. Missouri. A school district in Missouri, the uh, Green Valley School District. The school board told its high school teachers that they have to remove stickers and cards indicating that they are LGBTQ allies. Okay. District officials emailed students' families on Monday that the school board had, quote, received a concern about the display of cards and stickers by some high school teachers to signal students could feel safe approaching them regarding personal LGBTQ questions. And we could not have that. It goes on. Our goal is for every classroom to be a safe safe place for all students, not just in classrooms where teachers choose to display a particular sign. We remain committed to providing professional development to help our staff create a safe, collaborative, and inclusive environment consistent with our core beliefs, where each student feels a sense of belonging. The use of these cards, however, is determined to not be an appropriate step at this time. Can I go now? You can go now. So.
1: We want you to take down that card to say th- that signals something to that one kid. Yep. Because we want all of the classrooms to be welcoming to that kid. Right. And we, want all, we want everybody to welcome everybody and with open arms and wonderfulness. But the teachers have been instructed that if you come to them and tell them that you are gay or trans, or, they have to contact your parents. Yep. Right? Where is this? This is in Missouri. I'm not. I'm mad at you, Missouri. I'm mad.
0: Well, I'm ma- I'm a little mad at Alabama too, but I'm really mad at Missouri. Well, this is only in one district of Missouri. It hasn't it hasn't spread. It's yet. not statewide. Not no. It's only in this one district. Could you give me some information about Missouri? What would you really
1: like to... basic information? Where is it? Who is it? Who are the people? <laughs> What's their you know? Uh,
0: oh my god! Very right. basic.
1: Uh, I'll tell you what I'm envisioning. It's in the Midwest. It's a middle of the country, red state, very Christian,
0: very white. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Agricultural economy. Uh, I don't know about that. It's probably more, probably more mechanized nowadays. Well, but, but they grow and shit. Yeah, there's a lot of companies based down there, so. Oh, really? Oh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Would that be like for tax
0: purposes? The largest companies in the state include Cerner, Express Scripts, Monsanto, Emerson Electric.
1: Monsanto?
0: H&R Block, Wells Fargo. Is only. it Monsanto like ginormous, like yeah. the evil empire huge? Yep. Yeah, All right. Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Cheap labor? I don't know. All right. But anyway, a person named Justice Horn, who's a local candidate in this uh, this school district. His first name is Justice, not his title. No, that's his first name. Justice. Justice. All right. And he wrote on Twitter, he's like, in 2011, he goes, I tried taking my own life because I was bullied for being gay while attending Gray Valley South Middle School. My parents moved me out of the district.
1: Let me ask you a question. Are you saying Gray County or Grain? Grain. Grain, grain, wheat, and corn and oats. Yes. Okay. All right. So this guy is uh, Justice is running for a state office. He's running for a local
0: office. For a local office. Yes. And That's what he tweeted. Tweeted. And he said that these people fuck with me. Yep. And now you're gonna now you're gonna do this. All right, Justice.
1: I hope you win, and I hope you could do something because I am you. Justice, (laughs) they fuck with you. They fuck with you. I know. If you're a gay kid in a public school, now hold on, I'm wondering, are you being fucked with any less than a gay kid in a Catholic
0: school or a private school? Probably not. I don't know. I'm not a kid. I don't know anymore. I'm not a parent. Anyway, we now move from the sublime to the ridiculousness. Of Florida. We're going to have to do a separate Florida episode every week. I know, right? Because Florida is just... I can't. It's just ridiculous. It's every week. There's some story coming out. I think are. it's the heat. I don't know what it is. But uh, there's this children's book called Everywhere Babies. It's written for young children, like one to three years old. It's got illustrations. And it's about babies. What's the title? Everywhere Babies? Everywhere Babies. Well, it was one of 58 books oh, flagged by a group called the Florida Citizens Alliance, which has pressured schools to remove the title, all these titles, because they contain inappropriate pornographic or LGTBQ agenda material. I assume that was a quote the way you read that? Yes, the it was. The Mafia? Yeah. Oh. Among the other titles that they took off were Beloved by Toni Morrison I'm dead. and Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, Probably inappropriate for anybody who's not
1: at least a junior in high school. <laughs> Fifty shades of gray. We're talking BDSM. A sixth grader isn't going to understand that, although maybe they will. <laughs> but if they do, they're just going to have to get it off the internet until eighth grade or tenth grade. I know. I know. All right. I'm sorry, Patrick. I can't with this. Well,
0: anyway, I want to go look at this book. It's a perfectly innocuous Everywhere babies. Children's book, Everywhere Babies. All different kinds of babies, all different kinds of families, and that's what they think the problem is. Because some of the pictures will show two men together taking care of a baby, baby, or or two two women women taking care of a baby. But of course, you can't tell from the pictures, are they the parents of the baby, or are they just relatives, or whatever? You don't know. Is that just
1: like my cousin taking babysitting for two hours and her girlfriend, who sells pot on the side? So, but
0: they didn't want to take any chances. Were there babies of different colors? Yeah. Was there like an Indian baby? Oh, yeah. They were brown. They were, yeah, all different kinds of babies. Okay. But now it's because of the inappropriate... The inappropriateness
1: of the possibility of two people of the same gender... Right. Raising... That's, uh, That's how ridiculous things are getting now do you know robert anthony jones raj do you know yes raj? i do him do you I follow do him on the social? yes media i do things? okay i just love everything about that baby okay i love, I love that baby. i love following him in that baby i love the joy they're taking in that baby okay go ahead
0: Anyway, our president finally spoke up on the issue today. President Biden? Yes. He was speaking at a ceremony for the 2022 National and State Teachers of the Year Award. Well, he honored the Teacher of the Year, didn't he? That's what I just said. I just said he was speaking at a ceremony for the 2022 National and State Teachers of the Year Award. Try listening. Yeah, no. Anyway, he said, American teachers have dedicated their lives to teaching our children and lifting them up. We've got to stop making them the target of the culture wars. That's where this is going. Today, there are too many politicians trying to score political points, trying to ban books. Did you ever think when you were teaching, you'd be worrying about book burning and banning books, all because it doesn't fit someone's political agenda? Book burnings and banning
1: books is really clever alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. That's my first on one. <laughs> That's everything he should say. Yeah. You, everything you'd expect him to say. It's all correct and right. I know. Which is said. Yes, it is. But the point being missed is that the opposition, can we call them the opposition? Because I don't want to degrade them. I don't want to, like, make them less than. Why? I I, called, because I don't think that I I'm call them fascists. Good. You can call them the opposition. <laughs> I'm going to call them the opposition. Okay. Some of which are fascists. I'd say most of which are... Okay. The point they're missing is that, the point we are missing about the opposition is that they know where to plant the seeds. Of course. They knew to go after the judiciary. Now they got the judiciary. Now they're going after the school districts. And I think the slight bump in the road for them might have been... The difference between college and high school. Okay. Where there's certain college educations, they might, could control curriculum. Right. But not all. And whereas, to me, the public high school curriculum is... uh, Even if you're a private school, a Catholic school, a Jewish school in a state you still have to follow that state's curriculum right whereas the pro- Harvard don't have to follow shit from Massachusetts of course not you know what I mean oh, Well, wherever the fuck Harvard is. Yeah. I don't know where the fuck Harvard is Harvard in Massachusetts I
0: believe so is Yale, is Yale in Massachusetts I don't
1: somebody's know somebody's in Jersey Princeton is in Jersey yes okay Rutgers too I think
0: okay, okay. whatever 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 Jesus you Christ you get all upset
1: what I'm saying is that those people don't have to pay attention to any state guidelines where a uh, private high school might.
0: Ah, but what these states are gonna do is if they're if any of these private universities are relying on state money for anything, yes. then they're gonna say, Adhere to this or we're gonna pull those state funds. Right. Right. Which is dangerous. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. On the other hand, Princeton's got all the fucking money in the world. Give some of that money to Alabama. <laughs> Anyway, some good news on the anti-fascism front. No way. As you know, there's been a spike in violent crime in many cities across the United States for the past two years, including in the city of Chicago. Chicago's tough. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, a study performed by University of Chicago researchers found that an outreach program was having success in reducing crime and violence among high-risk men who participated in this outreach program. What they did was they tracked 2,500 men from Chicago's most violent neighborhoods, found, and they placed them in this 18 month program called Ready Chicago in which they would undergo uh, job training, education, and they would also get counseling sessions, including what they call cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically how to, like, mentally rewire your thought patterns. And they have found that as a result of this program, nearly two-thirds of the participants were less likely to be arrested for a shooting or a homicide, and nearly 20% were less likely to be shot or killed themselves. And they said that this was significant, considering that a third of the participants Had all been shot at least once before enrolling and had an average of 17 arrests on their rap sheet.
1: But after going through this humane course about how to deal, about how things, their chances for survival and chances for improved. Yes, definitely.
0: Have definitely improved.
1: Well, that's a problem. We can't have those people improving.
0: (laughs) Well, it looks like they're gonna. It looks like Chicago is now looking to expand the project beyond what they've done so far, because I think they only worked in like four neighborhoods. I guess four of the most violent neighborhoods, and also the head of the program, Ready Chicago was recently named a senior advisor to the Department of Justice.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, when when you do something that works on that sort of scale, I mean, if you can help Chicago, if you can help 100 people in Chicago or 100 people in New York, if you can help 1,000 people in Chicago or Detroit or Beltaire or, you know, cities we never talk about, Baltimore, right, St. Louis, you know.
0: Listen, this could be a model for other cities yeah. to adapt, you know? Yeah. And, and what is it? It's treating people like humans. Yeah. This guy needs a little to help so let's help him out and not only that they're getting paid to be a part of this project they get paid like 15 This at least one of the persons they interviewed he was getting paid like 15 dollars an hour well that's the compliment and he said he goes originally i was doing this for the money he goes yeah, but that's what i was, then I was saying. saying because of the counseling sessions and the education that's training. what i'm
1: that's what i'm saying 15 dollars an hour to pay this guy to come in to talk to this team of people yeah who are being paid what whatever the public wages right. whatever the state wage the public uh, bu- bu- uh, when you serve the public a mailman is a public servant mm-hmm. okay so uh,
0: and actually this program it's all funded by private donors oh no, go fuck yourself that this doesn't become a model is is a is a tragedy they're saying it's just like one of the first like real programs that's showing like actual significant results usually they, they would like a lot of these kind of organizations they would say well our program is doing this because there's a, the, a decrease in crime Crime, but then right. a year later, there's an increase in crime, and you're still doing the same thing. Right. This program is actually showing definitive results. But
1: if it shows it, to, like just that couple of hundred guys, or those fifty guys, yeah, that's fifty guys times how many uh, uh, places all over the country where this could be running times how time, which equals how many people. Right. And isn't that no ju- isn't what that the worth that the price? Making
0: communities and neighborhoods. I and don't cities? know,
1: Patrick. It's a great idea. Let's hope Nobody it... should do anything without asking me first. Of course. God forbid we do I'm that. I'm
0: saying I know things. Yes, you do. We now move on to our next segment. We like to watch.
1: Okay, so I have been watching much. Okay. But I said to you before about Harvey Firestein's biography. Yes. I've been listening. Like, I've given up for the past couple of nights TikTok. Okay. I love TikTok. <laughs> I love... I look
0: at it briefly. I
1: love TikTok. When I have
0: a lull in my work, I look at it. Yeah,
1: TikTok is how I go to sleep.
0: Okay. No wonder you have insomnia. I
1: wake up with this loop of some guy going on about whatever he's going on. Anyway, TikTok. I have given up everything and been listening to just... This is my first audio book. Okay. Harvey firestein His biography is called I Was Better Last Night. Yes. Which I think is hilarious. Great title. And I've read hundreds of biographies. It's my one of my favorite book forms this is a memoir this is even my more favorite of book forms is it's 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 barbara telling me her own story and here's harvey telling me (laughs) his. uh i want to hear it in harvey's voice that, that voice for fuck's sake so i got it as a audio book and um I've been listening to that. That's been mostly what I've been we're good. spending my, my watchable hours on.
0: Well, since we're on the topic of Harvey's fire scene, we might as well talk about what we saw the this play, the weekend. The play this weekend, yeah. We saw his play Torch Song. Now, interesting,
1: because I'm just at the point in the book where he, where Torch Song has been on Broadway. Okay. Uh, what
0: I didn't know. Uh, do you want to explain? The, do you want to explain what the story is? What Torch Song is? Torch Song. It's. I, I wouldn't say it's semi. It's semi autobiographical. I think it's
1: absolutely a biography except the last part.
0: Yeah, except for the last part, but it's basically Harvey Fierstein's story as a young man performing in as a drag as a drag performer, and. Basically growing up as a gay man in the city, I guess it was what, the 70s?
1: It was the 70s, yeah.
0: He was very into the whole
1: downtown theater scene. That's where it all happened. Yes. So he wrote the one play, the act, what became Act 1. Well, it was originally
0: called Torch Song Trilogy. Trilogy. Now he's con- uh, condensed it when it was on Broadway. And it became Torch Song because and and it's still three hours long. Yeah, and at the
1: time it had to be five because there was the extra character who sang Torch Song. Yes. Okay. Uh, so though that character doesn't exist anymore, but each each portion of the play, it's funny when he tells the story of why it's a trilogy. He wrote the first one, okay, which is about the two guys meeting. So the two guys meet and they're in the, and it's all monologues and they meet and, and he brings it to somebody who works at the theater and they say to him, tell her who is the head of the theater. Right. It's a trilogy. She had a success with the trilogy last year. And if you tell her it's a trilogy, she, you know, guarantee you a spot for the next two years. Yeah. That's how it became a trilogy. Okay. So he writes this one story. Then he writes the second story. He doesn't feel. how do I write it? Well, what happens? Well, what do I do next? Yeah. So he comes up with this thing about, isn't this civilized? And then there's, of course, a third story with the mother. Yes. And how he describes, each story is produced a, like a year apart. Right. And yeah. it's not until somebody buys the option that it becomes a full night. Yes. But it's such a such a beautiful, amazing piece of work. With with uh, oh my god, I can't believe she said that moment like no other. You know,
0: it's it's. Uh, well, like I said we saw the production at Studio Theater in Lindenhurst, which
1: is like you said the new the new he rewrote it.
0: Yes, it was a new adaptation that he wrote.
1: Two acts instead of three.
0: Yes, and I'd never seen a production of it before. It was my very first time. I had seen the movie adaptation, of course. Which, which was is great. really good. Really, really good. But this is not the movie. This is the play. And I was blown away by how good it was. It was good. I was almost afraid it was going to feel dated. But it actually, in today's climate, feels more relevant than ever. Yeah,
1: that's true. Unfortunately, that's true.
0: Especially at one point, in, the, I guess in the third act, when they're talking about Arnold raising the son. Yeah, yeah. And the mother's like, what kind of schools? Is that letting you raise this child? And I'm like, wow, this seems like the argument that we're having today about gay kids in schools now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how they're was, being taught and what they're being taught. It was So it was I I said I was I was really blown away by this production, by how good it was. It was really good. It was a phenomenal cast led by Ryan Nolan. Ryan and, Nolan, Ryan does a great job. Ryan does a great job. I
1: think Ryan feels the part. Yes. The way that um uh Scott did Scott Holfer. Scott Holfer,
0: who's a director of this, but who actually played Arnold himself at the same theater like 35 years ago, right? Emily is is Emily Nadler who plays the mother. Is the she's mother fantastic. the mother?
1: The mother doesn't appear until Act Three, and it is without a doubt the payoff.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. She The is. scenes with
1: the mother and the mother. Uh, it's if if the part has a villain. If the show it's has her. a villain, it's it, the mother. It's, her. it's the mother. And you, but what Harvey, I think, really wants is for you not to view her as a as a villain.
0: You can be mad at her, but you can't hate her.
1: And you know. And, and Emily Emily is fantastic. The supporting cast is uh, supporting again, cast.
0: Tom and, and Nicole, Nicole Brown. Well, Tom, great and Nicole, Tom
1: and Nicole are great. Nicole poor thing, plays this thankless role. She comes is Act Two. Uh, so Act One is he meets this guy. Act Two is this this guy is married Ed. and Ed Ed is married and invites Arnold and his boyfriend to a weekend in the country very yeah. sometime very sophisticated <laughs> and how that happens and then act three is a Harvey who, Arnold and and this boy who we meet in act two who's he's now adopted well no he, he's in the
0: process of adopting he and
1: this guy They, they he and this guy who Alan. meet in Act 2, Alan, have decided to adopt this teenager who's been through the system right. and is a gay teenager. Yep. Alan is Alan is killed in a horrific gay bashing. Yes,
0: which we don't see on stage. We before.
1: don't see that on stage. We don't even hear about it until very late.
0: They do it in the movie, but it's not in yeah. the movie.
1: And, and then the mother comes in and, and it's just... So... It's a such a powerful Brutal. It's, it's, it's... Yeah. It's really fantastic. And 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 it's directed... Oh, we didn't mention Evan Donnellan as Ed. Well, Evan Donnellan is... We mentioned him before, and he's just...
0: Because it, it, Ed is such... It's... I wouldn't say it's a thankless part. It's not at all. It's not, though. It's just like you're this bumbling idiot of a character... And he's closeted and he's dealing with his sexuality. The audience has to love him. Yeah, you have to. The, the audience you have has to, to love him. If you don't have and any sympathy for him, then the the whole you're, night you're, is wasted. Y- yeah,
1: the whole night. So you have to have you have the, the audience has to like Ed, and Ed is going to break the heart of the leading character. Yep. So yep. there are times when we're really mad at Ed. Yeah, but we have to love Ed. Evan, I call him Donnellan. Okay. Is First of all, Evan is perfect in everything. Evan has a program running. I don't know if you know this. He has a program running with the theater, a Shakespeare program for yes, teenagers. Right. He gets 25 or 30 fucking teenagers signed up to do Shakespeare. Okay. That's great. I don't know. Uh, it's fucking amazing Right? like i don't know i don't know i've seen a couple of the shows and i and i don't know he he edits them okay they well they're edited versions i'm sure he does the edits right, i don't sure. know that for sure right but he he has this program of 25 or 30 shakespeare kids where does that happen right
0: evan is evan, evan is a pretty amazing guy yes he is yes, and he's he is. really good in this really good, in this. Really really good. And I guess what we haven't really mentioned is Sal Casto, who played oh. David, the adopted son.
1: Sal's my heart. I yeah, love, I love that that kid. Sal. I love that. I had kid. the pleasure of
0: being in a play with him some years ago. We did a Pinter play together. And it's not. And this is this is a cast. It, was it was great. Who we know
1: and like, and we know them, and we like them for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> and that reason is plainly evident in this show. Right. That it's it's really 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 good show.
0: Yeah, it's definitely I hope people who if you who live on Long Island who hear this, you have like two more weeks, I think two more May eighth. Till May eighth to go there's, see there's it. There's
1: another performance tomorrow, which is Thursday. Right. And then the weekend and then another weekend. Yep. And if you can get to, yourself into Lyndon and you have any interest in this play or this playwright or these actors or theater in general. Just go see
0: some good acting. It's and good really theater. Good, you know? It's
1: really good. And it's you know it's it's a it's a tough Place to play. It's a small place,
0: and it's a and it's a challenging play. Well, I give a, Scott yeah. a lot of credit for the way he directed yeah. Yeah. it. He yeah. does a phenomenal did a, job. Uh, of it. And I love that set, that kitchen set. Yeah. This, oh well, my God, that was perfect. That whole New York City set. I, that was great. That apartment. I love I feel it.
1: terrible. I can't remember the guy's name. I hope it comes to me. My God, he's so sweet and he's so good. And he decorates the set to within an inch of. The oh, it, it looked. Uh, he's, it's, it looked the, perfect it was gorgeous it, was, it really did it really was perfect the bunnies yes. Scott Holfer's coffee cup in the refrigerator which, which was,
0: Stephen saw us yeah. Scott uh, said Stephen was the only one who saw it so far so true <laughs> yeah
1: so it's a If it's it, 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 they are our friends and but we are not blowing smoke up answers, no because I have, have good friends who
0: have been in bad plays oh, and Jesus. I've told them as much you know this is really good this is not one of them this is a this is like a, the perfect cast for this show. It's real,
1: It's a really it good It really
0: point. is. I definitely well recommend done. seeing it. Every
1: inch it. of it is, uh, yeah, go see it.
0: So, into seeing that, of course, looking for something to watch. We started watching this documentary on Netflix about the John Wayne Gacy <gasps> tapes. Oh,
1: I've seen that. Oh,
0: my God.
1: That's a twisted motherfucker.
0: If ever a man deserved the death penalty... It was this guy. Yeah, we know he was mentally ill, probably, but he was an evil <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, he
1: was uh, John Wayne Just
0: Gacy. fucking
1: yeah. evil. Yeah, yeah. And then... All of you serial killer fans out there already know about John Wayne Gacy, I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah.
0: I don't think we have to explain who he is, Yeah, you know? but for those of you who, who
1: aren't familiar fucking Google web John Wayne Gacy, man, he's fucking creepy. He,
0: is, he's, he was an awful, awful human being. <laughs> And, and, and hearing the tapes just enhanced that. Well, it's him. Hearing him. He, he, these are all tape conversations that he had right. with a journalist. It was, he, right? was a, With a journalist or his lawyer. I forget which one it was. While he's in prison. Yeah. And he's basically going over his whole life and discussing the crimes. See, this is why we need to keep those guys alive. To study them. To talk to them. Well, who, there's that one guy, not Ed guy, the Ed something or other, this other one. He was, um, I think, like a lover's lane killer or something like that. And he was like very cooperative with Prism Thought as far as giving them information about most of them will be. studying serial killers, but like I said, hearing these tapes of him talking was just what an evil, evil. <laughs> and then, of course, we have because the producer of this made an earlier documentary of Ted Bundy and his tape recording right. conversations, so we watched that also. I got done watching these, and I was like, what I really hate about these guys is that they are so arrogant. Oh, God, that's the point. The incredible arrogance. Yes. (laughs) Now you're getting it. But it's almost boring to the the point. It's like you're just full of shit. Yeah. You have nothing of interest to say to me whatsoever. You're not an interesting person. And yet the fact that you killed someone is the only thing that makes you any kind of interest,
1: and at some point they know that, but they, they'll never they, admit it. They well, they want so badly to be interesting, and they want so badly to be seen as superior too. Yeah, and the only way that they can accomplish it is by serial killing. Uh, it seems I'm no shrink, I'm no specialist. I don't know, but I, I like serial killers, and so I. Uh, but it all seems that they have this same pathology. Yeah. they want they, the the it's a fame seeking thing, but they don't have any way to get to fame. It's also an arrogance of they're better than. Ted well, Bundy was definitely... Like that.
0: The Unabomber was like that oh, also. Oh, yeah, oh yeah,
1: yeah. Well, he, the Unabomber did what he did
0: because of that. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it's, that. It was, it, it, it's like, I, I don't know if I could watch more and more of these shows all the time. Uh, well, so, then so then, of course, a friend of mine recommends to me this uh, fictional TV show with Gillian Anderson... In which he plays a detective investigating a serial killer. killer. I'm like, that sounds good. I'm gonna watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Serial serial killers are definitely a niche. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Because
1: because it gets time. Because they are, and I think that's maybe part of the appeal. Is they're so predictable once you figure it out once you get them yeah. it's like you could see what they're doing but listen
0: the most interesting thing about them is their crimes is their crimes right that's about that's it that's true of almost all of them yeah. it's crazy i know it is crazy it really is and then we watched finally the season finale of the show i told you about before called better things, better things. on the on fx yeah 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 I love this show and it was, I love the ending. I'm not sure everyone's going to like the ending of the show because this past season, Pamela Adlin, she's the creator, director, producer, star of it and everything. Never heard of it. And the whole series, it ran for five seasons. It's all about... Five seasons? Yeah. It's all about this basically working actress and mother of three daughters living in Los Angeles. And there was never what I really liked about the series and became more evident in this last season it never really followed like like a plot line through all the through all the episodes and everything. It was more like you caught glimpses of this woman's life with her kids or working or whatever throughout the episodes. It didn't really ah, follow so... a storyline. Okay. But there was usually a theme to the episodes each time too uh, which right. you could catch from what you're being shown. And it was very free flowing that way. Very, very, I thought, realistic. You know, it's not like it's built as a comedy, but it's not like a sitcom with a laugh track. It's nothing like that. Are there it's not a video audience. I don't remember.
1: You're waiting too long. <laughs> if you don't remember, then there's not. There's but the
0: it's a really, really, really good series. I highly recommend it. Watch it from the beginning. And thank you, Pamela Adlin. I recommend shows with hot guys in their shirts off. <laughs> they got to have good calves, though. Because skinny calves is eternal. You should watch The Elite. My husband's watching that on Netflix. Thighs? It's I don't know. It's all these young high school college boys with their shirts off and stuff. Thighs. I got, Steven I got soccer players. Players. We now move on to our next segment, which is... Pssst, People, People saying stupid, stupid things. things! And this one... Oh, my God. It's from our... Former President Donald Trump. Oh, poor Donald Trump. Well, I I had to put this in because it appealed to the lawyer in me. Okay. It appears that in October he appeared at a deposition in a lawsuit that alleges that he sicked his security guards on protesters outside Trump Tower during the 2016 campaign. Okay. <laughs> so he was being asked about his, pace, about his past statements condoning violence at rallies, including one in 2016, when he told supporters that if anyone threw a tomato at him, they should quote, knock the crap out of them, close quote, and he'd pay the legal fees. So the attorney asked him, and you said this, right? Goes, that was your statement? And Trump responded, it was very dangerous. What was very dangerous? We were threatened. With what? They were going to throw fruit. We were threatened. We had a threat. How did you become aware that there was a threat that people were going to throw fruit? (laughs) We were told. I thought Secret Service was involved in that, actually, but we were told. And you get hit with fruit, it's... No, it's very violent stuff. We were on alert for that. So, then after a brief discussion about... Between the attorneys over whether a tomato was a fruit or a vegetable... It's a fruit. Yes. Everybody knows it's a fruit. But Trump continued. He's like, but tomato, when they start doing that stuff, it's very dangerous... There was an alert out that day. Who were you speaking to when you said this? The audience. So when you were speaking to the audience when you said if if they saw someone getting ready to throw a tomato, just knock the crap out of them, would you? No, I wanted to have people be ready because we were put on alert that they were going to do fruit. And some fruit is a lot worse than... Tomatoes are bad, by the way, but it's very dangerous. Asked if Trump had expected his security guards to personally knock the crap out of any tomato tossers, he said... Well, a tomato, a pineapple, a lot of other things they throw. Yeah, if the security saw that, I would say you have to. And it's not just me. Some other people in the audience get badly hurt. Yeah, I think they have to be aggressive in stopping that from happening. Because if that happens, you can be killed if that happens. (laughs) Asked if he's getting aggressive meant using physical force, he said, to stop somebody from throwing pineapples, tomatoes, bananas, stuff like that. Yeah, it's dangerous stuff. <laughs> <Can> I... <laughs> First of all, nobody throws a pineapple. <laughs> Pineapples are too expensive. Too expensive. Right? I was going to throw a
1: pineapple. You throw what rots <laughs> on your field tomatoes, lettuce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you
0: throw pumpkins. Uh, rotten fruit
1: that's already rotten.
0: <laughs> when I heard this, when I read this, it, it reminded me of a skit from Money Python's Flying Circus well, because- in which the army is training the people how to defend themselves against the banana. <laughs> Bananas are very dangerous. A rotten
1: banana could be dangerous if like fall. <laughs> on a banana peel, you know what, you know what really bothers me <laughs> is, is the public's willingness to accept I heard it from somebody mm-hmm. as as proof. Well, it wasn't my fault. Somebody told me. Well, uh, we just heard that this was going to happen so we killed 6,000 people. Or, you know, like it's just... We heard that somebody told me that. It's 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 a deflection of responsibility that I think is uh, clear and see-through and we should be <laughs> able to notice it. He heard that somebody was going to throw tomatoes at him. Really? Really? Really, <laughs> beware, Romans bearing fruits. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing.
0: Do fruit. They were gonna do. Oh fruit. my God. Okay. Um. um yeah. 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 Now you know why I had to read that whole thing because that was just that's classic. It is. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. But if somebody were to
1: pitch that, they'd be laughed yeah. out of offices. <laughs> and then the leader of the free world says, They was was gonna do fruit. We
0: got word. And you can be, you can be killed. You can be killed by a banana. (laughs) The seed, the tomato seed, it'll get in your eye. You'll go blind. What you imagine? (laughs) What a fucking embarrassing. Yeah, uh, it's just ridiculous. Let's move on. We're going to move on, please, to five phase. Okay. And, being that this is our last week of Jazz Appreciation Month... Is it really? Yes, it is. Oh, that's sad. So, I figured our category tonight would be our five favorite jazz singers. Okay. And, of course, we stipulated to not bother naming Ella Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald or, or Billie Holiday or because Billie Holiday. they're jazz goddesses. No, Everybody loves them. No need to name them. Right. Ella Fitzgerald's greatest vocalist <laughs> of the
1: 20th century period the end. Yeah. I'm going to go with Sarah Vaughan. Sarah Vaughan! Good choice. I like Sarah Vaughn. She's very Ella-ish. Yes, she is. Smooth, sort of, mellow...
0: I like Sarah Vaughan. Okay, like good Sarah. choice. Who's My her? first choice, Miss Nina Simone. Oh, uh, is she jazz? Because I I argued with myself if she was jazz or if she was some sort of black folk. Hmm. I always thought of her as jazz. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always thought of her as jazz. Nina Simone, man, she's She's fierce. Oh, yeah. She's just fierce. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is yeah. This, there was no one like her, man. Yeah. She would have been on
1: my list if I could have made that. And she may still be if I can't remember everybody on my list. But, yeah, Nina Simone is, uh, yeah, a couple of things. She, I, I'm just listening to a few things in my head. Right? And just I'm thinking awesome. about Mississippi
0: Goddamn when she sang oh God. that. Oh, my God. Diane Diane Shaw. Diane, and I have her on my list, also. Yeah. Yes, yeah. great voice. For those of you who don't know, she's a blind woman and this incredibly smooth voice. Her version of New York State of Mind is impeccable. I she think. Scats. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is she scat? She yeah,
1: that's like Ella. It's just any album of hers. Timeless is a great album uh, in tribute where she where she sings the songs of. Um, you know, the shoulders she stood on, all the great jazz singers. mm mm-hmm. uh, She's just... Deedles is a great album. Yeah. Great singer. Great fucking singer. And she gets great musicians and great orchestrations. Yes. Yes, definitely. Timeless is an album worth getting. Okay. That's where right. I'd go, Timeless. I'll have remember that.
0: So we both named Diane Shore. I'll name my next one, then. It's my only male on the list. I don't
1: think I have any men's either. I have
0: one man. I may, I, I may, you know, it may jump into my head. Mine is Mel Torme. You know, the except, Velvet Fog.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's worth it. He's, he's deserving. Oh my he's god, he's worth it. He's yeah. awesome. I can't get into Mel Torme. Really, I can't. I can't. Buy I, this get album into Mel with Torme. him performing
0: with pianist George Shearing, and really beautiful album. Really is. Yeah, I can't. He's too weird looking. Uh, yeah, but he, you hear that voice. Yeah, now. the voice oh, is. He's got a great good. voice for jazz. The
1: voice is really something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would, never, <laughs> I would never pick Mel Torme. <laughs>
0: He's
1: just, yeah.
0: <laughs> You're more a Perry Como type. Uh, huh? Yeah, I would say. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> I would say yeah. Stuck in that time period. Yeah. More, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So Diane Crowell. Diane Crowell.
0: Crowell. Wow. Wow. Crowell.
1: Kroll. Yeah. Kroll. Yeah. I, I just like how ballsy she is. She sings shit nobody would expect. Like, I... I She seems gutsy
0: to me. Yes. it's a good word for and it. And I, I like that. Okay, cool. I like that. All right. Diane Kroll. Diane Kroll. crawl Next on my list, Lena Horne. Oh. Oh, Lena Horne. I mean, she became known for standards, but she started out in jazz. Yeah. She was a great singer. I, and I Lena love her rendition Horn. of Someone to Watch Over Me. I always see... I She always strikes me more
1: as a movie star than a singer. Yeah,
0: because she was. She did make quite a few films. She really
1: did. She was the black woman mm-hmm. in early Hollywood. If there was a black woman, it was Lena Horne. Yeah,
0: right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but she's a great singer.
1: And here's another one I struggled with because I don't know if it's jazz or that sort of black folk. Okay. Ruth Brown. See, yeah, she's I, on the cusp. Yeah, she's on the
0: cusp. Yeah, but Ruth Brown, man, she, she's. I, I like her though. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. You would have I to like put her, her as a jazz jazzing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll include her really?
0: in that. I'll include
1: her because in she did sing the standards and stuff, and she did riff.
0: Yeah, but so she also got down and dirty oh, too. That, you she know, was
1: fucking awesome. She knew how to put some, something across. Yeah, she did. And that's like, what is that music? That that double entendre song. Like like she would do, she did. uh, If it ain't, I ain't sitting on it. If I can't sell it, I'm going to sit on it. She did those songs that all had the double on John. Okay. If I can't sell it, I'm going to sit on it. I'm not going to give it away. And presume I run a second hand furniture store, and I think my prices are fair. Until this guy came in and said he saw saw a chair he wanted to buy, but he wouldn't claim the price was too high. So this was my reply: If I can't sell it, I must sit down on it. I don't see the need to give it away.
0: Oh,
1: no. Oh, no. <laughs> like but there's a whole subgenre of music that is like those songs.
0: Yes. What yeah. is that called? I don't know. I don't know. If you want it, you got to buy it. <laughs> I don't see the need to give it away. Anyway, my last choice is Dino Washington. I was afraid to have too many D- Dinah's, Dinahs. I know. D- Dinah's. I know. There's so many yeah, women. Dina, I'm glad, Dina, glad
1: you mentioned Dinah. But I like Dinah Washington. Like, oh, like my Dina
0: God. She's she just, just so classy. Beautiful. Yeah. Classy. And just her voice. Oh, my Dignity, God. yeah. yeah uh, I like her. I like her, too. So who's your last choice? Oh, now? that was my last one. Which one? Ruth Brown. Oh, I'm sorry, Ruth. You had Ruth Brown. I had Ruth Sarah Vaughn. You had, Vaughan. Diane I had Diane Kroll. Diane You I had, had Diane, Diane Shore. Shore. That's five. That's four. Ruth, Sarah, Diane, Diane. That's four. That's four. I need another one. You need one more. All right.
1: Hold on a second. I can Billy stipulated, Ellis stipulated. Uh, oh God, uh, huh. <laughs> huh? I'm having trouble here. I'll say. Um, Damn. I thought Ruth Brown was the end. No. Nope. See now you got pressure on me, and it's I like you're I got, in your, in your, you're I'm, you're
0: uh, freezing under pressure freezing here. Freezing under
1: pressure. Do you have a fifth
0: yet to go? I
1: already did my. Uh, you all did all my no. Five. When I
0: started, I know, but we tied on Diane Shore. But I did all my milk Well, no, no we also tied on. Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Oh, we talked on. You agreed Nina, on. Nina I absolutely agree. Uh, on okay. Nina okay. You didn't say that. That was one of yours. So I'll allow it. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh my God! If I didn't say Nina Simone was one of mine, I was possessed. By oh, okay. Uh,
0: you obviously were. Nina Simone,
1: man. <laughs> I know. That what a well, Right? She scared the shit out of people. You damn right. I love that. What else you got?
0: We now move on to our final segment of the night. The grumpy old gay man gripe of the week.
1: You want to go first or you want me to go first? You can go first. Community. Community. I hate that word. Why do you hate it? Because it's it, it indicates togetherness. Yes. But what it actually is doing is divisive.
0: It's putting a name on something that doesn't really exist, I think, it, in let's some cases. Take, let,
1: let's take... The LGBTQ community. Community. Then you got your twin community, your bear community, your S&M community, your lesbian community. Your, your, okay? Then you go into the go bigger world. You got your your gay community, your Asian community, your black community. And in each one of those, you got your own communities. It divides people. Yep. And it's the wrong use of the word. And it's my grant of the week. Okay. Community. That's a good grant. I hate that. I hate it. I hear it all the time. I hear it every day. The refugee community, the immigrant community, the black community, the Jewish community. We all live in the same fucking community. Yes, we do. So what the fuck? Why are you? It makes me crazy.
0: Okay. It makes me crazy. Fair enough. I hate it. <laughs> Go ahead. My gripe of the week is I was in Facebook jail. Oh, uh, well, you deserved it. No, I object. I object, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. I was posting pictures as part of a post on Facebook to promote the podcast. And I always do a post where I post up pictures of the topics we're talking about so people can get an idea of what we were talking about. And one of the topics we discussed on our last episode was testicle tanning. Taint tanning,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Or taint tanning or perineum, perineum sunning, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, I found this one picture that I posted. It was of two men laying on their back, facing the sun. So they were like kind of in the, in the shadow, so to speak. Backward. Right. With their legs in the air. And you can see the sun shining down. So it was fairly obvious that they were sunning themselves in this position. They were tanning their teeth. Yes. With their legs up. Well. It was hilarious. As, I thought what I thought too. Well, as soon as I posted it. I get this message from Facebook saying that I violated their standards, blah, blah, blah. And then they had this thing, do you agree with our decision? And I was like, well, if it will just make this box go away, I can get done doing ah. what I'm doing. So I just said yes. Steven said
1: that as soon as you hit post, as soon as you posted the picture, like immediately after.
0: Oh, it, picture, it came up right away. Yeah, yeah, it came yeah. Came up immediately. So, so I said yes. I So on. I said yes, I agree with the decision. Well then before you know it they are imposing a one day I can't be I can't post it all anything at all on right. Facebook blah 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 And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I went to go try to contact someone to appeal this punishment. They don't provide you any avenue to appeal it. You can only object to the decision. So if you don't object to the decision, you have no grounds for appealing anything they decide after. And even if you do object, you have no grounds. You're just objecting. And what was funny is, is they said, this is a repeated violation. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because months ago, months and months ago... Ernie had written something, and I wrote something in his post, like, if you don't do this, I'm going to kill you or whatever, and I got a warning. Yeah. That I can't say, I'm like, really? Over something like this? Now, imagine how
1: many people message Ernie on a daily basis threatening his death.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, but that's besides the point. It's not really, but I, I understand it's, but it's like they have Victorian old maids in charge of deciding these matters. It it's not
1: even that because no Victorian old maid would have been offended by the picture that you. No,
0: there was no nudity. You couldn't see anything. No, you just saw, their legs up in the air, and it wasn't like there was another man on the other side um, of them about to engage in sex with them. They were they were there sunning themselves.
1: Two men lying next to each other
0: with their legs with up. Their in the legs air, up
1: in the air in a and the sun shape. coming
0: down. Yes. Very funny. I thought so too. Yeah. I've seen worse pictures put up on Facebook. I've posted worse pictures. I'm betting that if it was two women, it wouldn't have been an issue. But because it was two men, it was an issue. I, you couldn't tell what they were. What you saw were four legs up in there. Yeah, back. I know. It, the whole thing was just ridiculous. It really was. So that was my gripe of the week. Good one. Thank you. We now move on to the ending of our show for this week. Any plans for the week or weekend, Thomas? I'm gonna work. You're gonna work? I'm gonna work. Good for you. Thank you. I'm glad to hear. What that. are you gonna do? I might go see a play elsewhere this weekend. Not sure where yet or what play. Okay. We'll see what's what's playing. Go see a play. Yes, go see a play, everyone. I highly encourage you, go patronize your local theaters and your towns and communities. They need your support. Uh-huh. So please support them. Anyway, well, we want to thank our producer and my husband, Stephen Prendergast, for all that he does, including giving us these... Delicious chocolate chip cookies that we've been enjoying. Mm-hmm. We want to remind you that we can you can find us on our website, www.grumpyoldgaymanandtheirdogs.com, where we have all our episodes listed, and we have bonus material for all our episodes where you can follow up on links to some of the topics that we talked about. But... But? But what? Not the single-string instrument. Not the single-string instrument? You don't want to see that? Mm-mm. No, why not? It's just weird. Well, I'll show you what it looks like and it will look so weird then to you. You can get past it. Don't talk to me like I'm a
1: toddler. Okay? All this whole time since you said single string instrument. Yes. I have been imagining what this could be. <laughs> What's the frame it's built on? Do you pluck it? Do you strum it? I think you pluck it. Do you do you go along it with a with a with a uh-huh. With with a bow?
0: (laughs) I'll find out more about the Etara for you. What pitch? For our next episode, okay? Is it meant to be a single pitch? Uh, Can you alter the pitch? I
1: have questions about
0: this. Yeah, it's obvious. And uh, I'll answer them for you for our next episode. Okay. (laughs) That's all I'm
1: answering. I'm going to have another cookie. Keep going.
0: Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We have followers on those pages growing every day, which kind of is miraculous. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Right? But yes, people are following us. We're very happy about that. Yeah. And on that note, I think we can say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches.